Hello, welcome back to the Pala Plug Podcast. I am here with Chet Weniger, the Director of Operations, correct? Yep. Thank you. It. All right, cool. At Alliance Automations, which if you notice, I am not in my home, and this is not my beautiful wife, um, which I don't have a wife anyway, but I'm here at Alliance Automations. They gratefully invited me out to Ohio to come to their open house yesterday that they hosted. I don't know why I'm looking over there. We had just talked about that too. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to look at the camera. I'm looking over at the camera. But uh, it was really awesome. Yesterday was such a cool experience. Got to see the uh, all the cool robots, the things that you guys have in operation. Got to meet a lot of uh, pallet business owners. Talked to all the specialists that you guys have who work on your machinery, put it together and put it in the pallet businesses. So yeah, now is my time to be able to sit down with you guys and ask questions. Have you guys share about what it is that you guys do here, why you're doing what you're doing, uh, maybe what the future holds within the pallet industry. Sure. And yeah, would you mind take it away? How did you get into this? What What is your role here and why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, Alliance Automation started uh, a little over 15 years ago and uh, our very first order was from Chip. Okay. Everybody in the pallet industry knows Chip. And uh, for the first, oh, probably eight years, we worked pretty exclusively with Chip in the pallet industry. Um, okay. Oh, I'll take a second. Yeah. Who are you within the business? Because I think that's important. Okay. So, well, I was going to go into that a little bit. Okay. Uh, sorry. So, I cut you off. <laughs> so, when we started 15 years ago, um, I was a mechanical engineer, designed equipment. Came from the automotive industry where we designed a lot of robots, assembly uh, type work. And uh, yeah, so our first order was from Chip. Uh, so the first machine I designed here at this company was a, a turntable that painted pallets. Oh, okay. Uh, so through the years, we've we've done a lot in the automotive industry, a lot in the pallet space. And one of the things we really um, uh, advertise ourselves is being able to take technology from, you know, the high-end automation and the automotive space and bring it into the pallet world. Uh, so when we started working in the pallet world, uh, there was very little safety. There was very little automation. There were no robots. Yeah. And, and more technology that was, you know, a couple decades old. So over the last 15 years, we've brought a lot of uh, new technology into the pallet space. Um, so as we've grown as a company, um, I, I became the director of engineering and then just this year, director of operations. So awesome. Um, engineer by heart, engineer by trade, by yeah. career. Uh, so that's where I spent a lot of the time is, is working on new designs, new R and D projects, new ways to bring innovation to the pallet space. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with the engineers and then I also get to go out and help the guys on the floor, build the equipment and run it off. Uh, really enjoy it. Nice. So you get both perspectives yeah. of the business from the actual, like, functioning of the machines that you guys are building to the operations of the business itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. So I'm, I'm often involved in, you know, the new technology, the new R and D, mm -hmm. um, you know, as yesterday, as you mentioned, there were, we had a pallet show Yes, where we had customers from across the nation and Canada come in to not only look at our equipment, but also talk about the future. Mm -hmm. So one of the, the waves of the future is industry 4.0 collecting data from your machines and then being able to use that data to make more educated decisions about your industry. Yeah, and that was one thing that I felt like uh, was interesting to me with Fred from Niagara Fall or Niagara Pallets mm -hmm. um, and the other individuals that you had, Stefan and Rick. Rick. Yeah, and just them collectively as a group, you could really see how this ideology of 
the information collection and then applying it to your business works along with the um like how uh rick had said that fred naturally is the type of person to be like this is what i want to mm -hmm. be my business you know it's yeah. not so much like oh let me see what's out there it's like no no, no. i know what i need <laughs> i just like need the the tools to put those things together and get it to work that way yeah. so uh, what i've how how so what is that what is that to somebody who like doesn't understand what industry 4.0 so it's is? yeah it's been fun working with fred um fred is a visionary and he he knows what he wants like he said yesterday mm -hmm. and it's interesting when when you work with a visionary and and they're thinking maybe five years ahead of where the industry is at today yeah and uh and they know what they want so it's really fun working on that and it's been interesting um just one one example of of how data uh can change a pallet owner's life um we installed a piece of equipment a couple of years ago and using the data collection that he was getting off the machine he realized he was getting in pallets at a quantity of a size that he didn't know he was getting hmm. so he was getting in these 44 inch pallets and he had he had no use for 44 inch pallets so for years he'd been cutting them down and, and cutting the lumber down to 40 and once he saw that he was getting in thousands of 44 pallets he went out and found a user for those 44 pallets so he could um, recycle them or like flip them he would just flip them gotcha uh, and then also using the data off of our our urban sawmill mm -hmm. he could see the again the board data he was getting and he was able to go out and find customers to use the size that he was getting in interesting and not only build them the pallets that they needed but then also sell off excess lumber hmm. um, so his he really increased his revenue he increased his throughput um, increased his bottom line yeah the data that we were giving we also see about a 10 percent yield increase 10 to 20 percent depending on the region coming off of the urban sawmill so if you think about you know your bottom line and you can get 10 percent more yield off of the wood that you're receiving in uh those are dollars yeah yeah and i think that's a good point and something that i didn't necessarily think about too because like you just see it and it's like whoa this is a cool machine and you watched operating but you don't think about the data behind it i didn't even really know honestly that it collects information so you're telling me that like it records every piece of wood that goes through it what it, what it was and what it cuts it down to or you already program what you're cutting it down to right yeah so we record everything that comes in and the the owner or the operator can see that information and then make you know educated decisions about what they want to take that lumber and use it for mm -hmm. um and then industry 4.0 again is is really collecting that data and making better decisions um so we're spending quite a bit of effort in the engineering department right now on industry 4.0 and it'll be really interesting going forward not only are we collecting that data um, but we're working currently on a customer portal to where a customer can log in online and view their data live coming off of their machine that's awesome and be able to view historical trends so maybe maybe the last week what was the volume coming off your machine by hour Mm, wow. what's your what's your oee uh, you know your equipment effectiveness um and and it's really going to be interesting and it's going to give customers much more granular data that they can use um so you can run the last month what was the production in the last month came off this line mm -hmm. and you'll even be able to get to the point where you'll be able to sort down to the individual operator and what's really what's their 
You're gonna hold people accountable. <laughs> so there's there's a there's a debate in a lot of pallet shops. Yeah. Should you pay people piece rate? Should you pay people by the hour? Yeah. Um, and now we can give data that shows your efficiency of your operators of your machine to wow. help you make more educated decisions. That's awesome. So so it's live. Like, are you you guys are getting this information? off the machines and then you normally are just like sending it out to the people. So today what we do is at the end of each shift, we just send out a static report. Oh, wow. For that shift. Oh, okay. Um, but what we're working on and we'll be live in, in 2024 is live data through the web that you can access via your smartphone, via your computer. Wow. Um, from anywhere in the world, you'll be able to access. That's awesome. Online. That's really cool. Yep. So like literally as the machine is operating, you'll be able to watch those numbers increase. That's right. That's cool. So I'm, I'm thinking from this perspective of like, if somebody is interested in one of your machines or one of your products, like what would you say is something of, what's like the first question you would ask somebody? I know you're not sales and I know, <laughs> you know, I know it's tough, but. Yeah, what, but I get in trouble by the sales guy <laughs> if I dive into their world here. Um, <laughs> Well, well, let us preface it by saying you're not, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm an engineer. Uh, but I do go on a lot of sales calls with the engineers, uh, yeah. with the sales engineers um, to help customers identify their needs. Yeah. And, you know, when we go into a customer's facility, um, a lot of times I personally like to just take a walk at their floor. And what are your pain points? Mm -hmm. What What are areas in your building or your organization that are giving you pain points and where can we help you? And a lot of times walking the floor with the customer just opens up, you know, there's, they know their own pain point. Mm -hmm. um, but then at times, you know, we go into a lot of facilities throughout the U.S. And so there's a lot of times where we can bring industry knowledge to them of ideas and ways to handle pallets that we've seen in other companies. So for example, there, there would be some companies that would maybe bring in mixed loads of pallets and they would break them down and sort them using, you know, human intervention mm -hmm. and then they would take those mixed loads to different repair benches and repair them and there's multiple touch points and a lot of the uh, the more efficient pallet shops are focused on reducing human touch points gotcha the less often a human has to touch a pallet the more efficient you are makes sense and that's where our sort and repair lines can come in you know you put the the mixed load right on the sort line one operator interfaces with it at the sort, it goes to repair or it goes to the stackers and your minimum touches or your minimum moves around the plant or forklifts makes you much more efficient. Now, is that including the pallet AI or is that not including the pallet AI? That's like human, you got a guy looking at it and he's saying, okay, this goes there, this goes there. And it's just using that conveyor belt that you guys have to allocate it to a right. certain stack. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. But then the cool part is the pallet AI aspect of it where it kind of removes that human aspect so of the it. pallet AI is a game changer. Yeah. Uh, it allows the pallets to come in and be automatically graded using pretty high-end vision. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. So we can inspect for, you know, plastic wrap around the blocks, miss, you know, missing blocks, broken blocks, cracked boards, cracked stringers, et cetera. And it can, it can look at that data and it can determine if the pallet is good to go or if it needs to go to a repair bench mm. and then that goes get works in conjunction with with your uh the like conveyor belt 
where it just kind of allocates the pallets to different right. places. Because I saw you have like points where it can get ejected from the line. Somebody can just boom, boom, repair it, put it back on that same conveyor belt, and then mm -hmm. it goes down into the stackers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my, my ideally, you can have a setup where all of those cool things that you have out there are all connected with one another, or is there like which in, in your perfect world, if you had like the perfect space to set everything up the way that you want it to go, how would it look from entrance into the facility to being ready to be put into a truck, just be shipped out? Well, yeah. So it, it, it depends on the customer's operations. Um, Fair. a lot of times it depends on the customer's building size. Yeah. But the ideal situation, um, would be everything integrated together. Now there's some pros and cons of that. So if you have a sort repair line with an automatic kickoff to a robotic dismantler or manual dismantlers, um, which then feeds into an urban sawmill, the benefit is less human touch points. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside is if you get a, again, if you receive mixed loads and maybe you have 90% need to go to repair and 10% or 5% are good to goes and 5% go to um the robotic dismantler or manual dismantlers. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, maybe those numbers are flip-flopped a little bit. <clears throat> um, it can be difficult to manage the logistics if you have, if your loads differ I from think. week to week. Yeah. Uh, so one of the benefits, and you saw the robotic uh, stacker de-stacker on our floor yesterday, yeah. is we can interject what we call buffer zones in between pieces of equipment. Okay. So maybe there's a higher volume going to the robotic dismantler than what it can handle. You have to get rid of those pallets somewhere and de-stack them off of the line to then in interject them maybe on an off shift or on a weekend or at a later time. Okay. Um, so you have to have a fairly consistent flow for everything to be integrated together. Yeah. And a lot of pallet shops, um, their mixed loads can vary day by day. Yeah. And so... For a lot of shops, it doesn't make sense to integrate everything together. Okay, good point. <laughs> yeah, so it's more so like, is it picking the things that you feel as a business benefit you the most? Or is it, I, I guess I'm trying to say like, is it the future of a pallet manufacturer or recycler supposed to be like, there's a couple people here and there to kind of do what they need to, or is it... Yeah, so there's... You're never going to take the whole human a aspect out of... There's kind of a running right? joke in the pallet industry. Um, what is... The pallet plant of the future mm -hmm. will employ a man and a dog. <laughs> what a dog? <laughs> and the dog's job is to keep intruders away, and the man's job is to feed the dog. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... In reality, every customer we go into needs a little bit different solution. Yeah. So we have our standards... But then we're we're willing to take our standards and modify them to the needs of the customer. Mm -hmm. So as you go from region to region, uh, you know there's different pallet types in different regions in the right. U.S. Uh, so again, we we take all that into account. So one of the things that our sales engineers really enjoy doing is going into the customer's facility and help them map out what is the most efficient way for that pallet plant to produce their product for their end customer. Gotcha. And it's not to say like not everybody needs a robotic dismantler. Not everybody needs that's correct a de stacker. Yeah. Not everybody. Needs so we have ROI calculators um, for a lot of our pieces of equipment. Okay. So we're, we're willing to sit down with the customer and run their numbers. You know, look at their labor rates, look at their pallets incoming, 
And there's times where a piece of automation just doesn't pay itself off and doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's other times where, you know, the payback may be less than a year. Yeah. And your brother had a good quote yesterday that he said a couple of times. So I really appreciate it. Do you, do you remember it? Can you say it verbatim? Oh, I can't say it verbatim, but it was something to the effect of uh, buying equipment from Alliance will cost you nothing. It will make you money. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah and I, I think it's great because it's like, it's not, you're not trying to like, obviously like you're a business, you need to sell your product and everything like that, but you're trying to help people. You're trying to make things more efficient. You're trying to make things safer. And I think that that, you know, that's a, a fear of people with, with automation, right? Is that you're like, you're taking jobs away, you know, you're kind of like removing the human aspect of things. But a lot of things that I think come up in conversation is lack of labor, lack of consistent labor, things of the safety, huge thing. I know I was sitting with a couple people yesterday and they were thinking about how many times they've seen people put a nail through their finger or chop a finger off through the dismantler or something like that. So like what you guys are doing is really trying to like help people run their businesses in a more safe, efficient manner through all of the different products that you're creating, you know? And I, I think that was something that I kind of needed to tell myself as well, mm -hmm. where it's like, look, like AI on the computer is not the same as like AI within the pallet industry because like everybody grades differently. But if there's a computer doing it, there's no leeway, you know, there's no like, oh, I'll, I'll help this guy out a little bit more. And, you know, oh, maybe you're not feeling it today. So like you're going to let a couple B, Bs go through as As and stuff like that. So I don't, I think it's really cool, like all of the, the things you guys are creating. But one, one of our uh, our slogans here at Alliance, one of the, the core focus that we live by is honor God, grow people and improve lives. Um, and when you get to grow people, you know, and improving lives, it's not only improving the lives of, of our customers, uh, but also our customers' employees. Mm. And, and you talked about the safety uh, of a lot of our equipment. How do you remove the dangerous aspects of working in the pallet industry and automate that? Yeah. Um, there's always people still needed to interact with, uh, you know, with the pallets, but how do you remove the dangerous aspect of it? And, um, and you know, different regions of the U.S. have different populations, so some yeah. some customers really struggle finding good labor. Mm -hmm. Maybe other customers are in an area where uh, they don't have a problem getting labor, but maybe they have high turnover. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of hidden costs and turnover. So every time you have to hire a new employee and train them, uh, you know, there's a period of, of time when they're learning to do the process where they're not very efficient at it. And that's very expensive. Hiring and training and retaining customers is, or uh, employees is very expensive. Yeah. So if you can yeah. provide a, a machine that's safer or easier to use or easier to train, um, easier to train. <laughs> and, and using good robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, re reduce customer stock. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, and it's a really good point. And I think that it's like with just the way that the world is going nowadays, like you, you don't, everybody has that like fear based mentality. And it's like, well, why don't we look at on look at it like from the positive perspective? Like, what are what are you trying to do on the good side of things? Don't just look at it as like, oh, you're taking jobs away or whatever. And I'm not trying to say that, you know. Like, I'm really. Yesterday was very eye opening for me to just see all of the different things. And Fred had a great point too, where it's like your your customers are going to get to the point where like they 
are going to have a higher expectation of the quality of palettes that they're going to want along with what they're going to be sending back. So it's like you have to prepare yourself as a business owner with technology because again, like the human error, like Amazon and Walmart and the big guys, like they're not going to care, <laughs> you know, like they don't, they don't, they don't see it as the people anymore, you know, like they, and it's not to bash. It's just the reality of the situation, right? Yeah. I was in a distribution center uh, last week and massive, massive place, millions of square feet under roof. Yeah. And uh, they've installed a new ASRS system and which is automated storage and retrieval system. Okay. So they were bringing in pallets of goods from manufacturers and um, no human ever touched it. Wow. Forklift brings it in, sets it on a conveyor. It goes to a, a robot that takes it over um, to a large gantry system that was 120 feet tall that goes and stores that pallet away hmm. until they need it. And then the, you know, the big system goes and gets it and retrieves it and brings it back. And wow. um, it's all automated. Yeah. So if you think of a, a broken pallet, um, you know, if there's a damaged pallet that goes into that system and jams that system up. Yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned yesterday, it could be tens of thousands of dollars of downtime yeah. for every minute yeah. that the system is down. Yeah. Um, and it's in a freezer environment. So it's mm. negative six degrees. Oh, jeez. So, why is it so cold in there? It was frozen good. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So to, to manually have to go in and unjam a piece of equipment yeah. um, is very expensive. Yeah. So, uh, as these large players, like you mentioned, Walmart and Amazon and the really big distribution centers, mm -hmm. more and more automate their processes, they're going to expect quality pallets coming into them. And it makes sense. You know, and I, I think that that's the purpose of being a pallet company is like taking pride and putting out good products and uh, you know you're you're giving your customers what they want and what they need but again as automation continues and as things are relying off of just a standard of of a, just a standard yeah right like that's the best way to think of it it's like you can't have a system is going to be trained on one thing and if it, there's a little bit of a hiccup within that like it can throw the whole thing off so to have systems in place that check those things, confirm those things, like it's only going to help make things run more efficiently and be more productive. Right. And so we had, I think an important thing to do is to go through the products that you guys have and their implications within a, a pallet business. Is that? Well, I don't know if I'll be able to hit them all. But yeah. <laughs> so um, again, we, we started with sort and repair systems. Right. Um, and then in 2017, we installed our first robotic dismantler. Okay. Um, so a little bit on that. Uh, the owner of the company came to the engineering group in about 2015 and said, I want a system using a robot to tear apart pallets, any pallet from 30 by 30 up to 60 by 60 with no programming changes. Hmm. And my first response was, that's impossible. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and he said, make it happen. <laughs> So it took us a couple of years and, and we developed it. You saw it right yeah, today. Yeah. Um, so then naturally the next progression is the urban sawmill. So we have all this lumber coming off of uh, dismantled pallets. So then we build a system to optimize and grade and cut to length those boards. Gotcha. Um, and that's a very large system. Yeah. Um, you know, it can be up to 160 feet long. Wow. So a lot of customers don't have the facility for that. So we came out just this year with the new Badger sawmill series oh, version of which that. is roughly half the footprint gotcha. roughly half the cost mm -hmm. um 
two thirds of the production volume. So it's a it's a smaller machine, smaller footprint, a little bit less production um, for some of the pallet shops that don't have the the really big buildings to, to put in a big U.S. style. Mm -hmm. um, then there's another of other products. Uh, you saw our conveyors yesterday, so yeah. we came out with our own conveyor line. Uh, due to COVID, we couldn't get conveyors. <laughs> we developed our own conveyor system that for the same cost as what you can buy on the open market, ours is a lot more durable. Okay. It's heavier uh, cast iron bearings instead of the stamp bearings. It's, it's a much better solution. Um, the robotic stacker and destacker, we can use vision to find the different pallets and, and sort them out from the different colors. Um, oh, it can even pick up on color and things like that? Yeah, so I can oh, separate wow. the blue, the red, the you know, the white, the black. Wow. Uh, using vision. That's the pallet AI, right? Or that was the pallet the robotic stacker D stacker. So that's separate okay. from from the pallet AI. Gotcha. Uh, See, I only saw it D stack, I think. I don't think it that... can it can go both ways. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And then the Pallet AI is is our newest innovation. Okay. We, we formed a partnership with Ibisys out of Sweden. Mm -hmm. They've been working on this for the last 10 years and have really perfected it. And it's a really an incredible machine. Yeah. So go, are you able to kind of dive more into the, the Pallet AI? Because I feel like that's a pretty cool thing to kind of just, I know we kind of like briefly went over it. But. Yeah. So so real briefly, there's, there's a number of criteria uh, that you can input. Mm -hmm. um, so it can... Obviously, the, the most basic is it can give you the X, Y, and Z of a pallet. Mm -hmm. So you can say, you know, I want to sort out a 40, 40 48 GMA pallet. Um, and you can set parameters around the dimensions. So you can say anything from a 39 and a half to a 40 and a half, you know, is an A grade. Okay. Or you can select your your decision matrix so that if it if it hits this decision matrix, maybe it's an A-grade pallet. If it doesn't meet those criteria, it drops down to the next. Maybe you open up the tolerances. And maybe it meets the second set of tolerances, and then it's a B-grade. Um, okay. You can count the number of, of boards on the top. You can look for cracks. You can look for the number of stringers. It'll even look for plugs inside the pallet, um, you know, which degrades the, the pallet. Yeah, yeah. And nails and stuff too, right? Nail like protruding nails. And yeah. fine nails, you can measure the height of the nails. <laughs> so if there's nails sticking up, you can send that to a repair bench. Gotcha. And so that's the idea behind that, right? It's like, that's like the, that's the first thing that a pallet's going to go through when it enters your facility. That's right. And then from there, it can be allocated to a repair bench or to be stacked into a ready to go. We're just going to put this off into a a pile that we can sell yes right okay yeah cool and then the forklift that was driving itself which is also a pretty cool thing is that more for a pallet facility is that more for a warehouse like where does that kind of so the automated away? agvs yeah are typically in um again your higher end automation facilities think amazon yeah think automotive uh, spaces uh but vision nav we formed a partnership with it was announced yesterday mm -hmm. and uh, they're the first one to bring an automated forklift into the market. And we're not only looking in um, in the automotive spaces and consumer packaging spaces, but we're also looking to bring it into the pallet, to the pallet spaces. Oh, you are? Okay, yeah. cool. Where do you see that having a place, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so the, the first place we're looking at is uh, coming off the stackers, off the end of the sort repair line. Okay. Uh, the system... That we have on our floor right now has seven stackers uh, so there's up to seven lanes that need to be de-stacked 
uh, with a forklift and then taken to storage in the warehouse. So where it makes sense is, is the really big systems where it's multi shifts a day that AGV can go unload and take to the warehouse, those stacks of pallets instead of having a human on a, on a forklift. Gotcha. So again, just human error, you know, just trying to simplify things, make things a little bit more efficient. That mm-hmm. robot's going to have one single job. It's not going to want to go and take lunch and things like that. Right. <laughs> so, your stacks as they, now does it know when a stack is like, do you set it to see that 15 stacks have been reached or does one system communicate with the other? Like how does that work? How does it know that it needs to go pick up that stack? Out? So when a stacker ejects a full stack of pallets, we know that Okay, um, we can communicate that to the central computer okay that that uh that programs the agvs so if we kick out a full stack it'll send a signal to the agvs to say stacker one lane is full go retrieve those pallets okay it's this type of pallet it goes to this location in the warehouse okay and then the forklift um, has sensors to detect fork pocket detection mm-hmm. so that it can pull up to the conveyor it can find the fork pockets the forks are auto adjustable widthwise so if you have different size pallets on different conveyors, it'll auto adjust the forks okay. to go in and pull that stack off and take it to the warehouse. Awesome. Wow. Crazy. It's crazy to think about all that mm-hmm. stuff and how that's out there and how it's only going to keep getting better and being improved upon. So what do you, with the recording of the information, it's like that only helps you guys, but at the same time, what I felt like Doug had mentioned, and I think it's just the mentality of most businesses, like you guys need people to tell you, well, you need, you like need people to be like, Hey, I need this. I want this. Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Right. Like, mm-hmm. so how, how do you get the ideas? Is it mostly research and development? You guys think about it on your own or is it from customers that you have being like, I have this major problem. <laughs> And I need you to fix it for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so most of our ideas come from our customers. Okay. So one of the big talking points yesterday at the pallet show is we want to hear from all of you. Right. What are your pain points? Right. And, and as we hear those pain points from our customers, um, we, we put those into, you know, Doug mentioned yesterday, we always want to have at least two R and D projects lined up for us to be working on in the pallet industry. Um, so we try to take those pain points that we hear from customers. And the more we hear from customers, you know, we, we try to sort through those and, you know, what makes sense for us to solve for the pallet industry next. So if you're a customer, <laughs> write in the comments, reach out to Alliance Automation, tell them your complaints, tell them the issues that you guys have, because uh, they're only here to help, right? You're only trying to help resolve more problems and make things more safe for people within the industry. Yep, and that's right. And two, I think, like, obviously, this podcast is mostly about pallets, but you guys are doing a whole bunch of other things too within a couple of different industries. So it's not to say that you're only focused on pallets, but yes, I, the purpose of this podcast <laughs> is to, you know, share what you guys are doing within the pallet industry and to also get responses and comments and reactions from people to hear perspectives because it can only help both of us. I mean, like obviously myself, I love to hear what people have to say and what their thoughts are on these things and these technologies. But for you guys as well, it's like there might be things that you might not even think of 
that you could be working on or could potentially want to build down the line, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you go to allianceautomation.com, you can see the industries we serve and the, and the technology that we use. Um, but just to reiterate again, a lot of our ideas come from customer visits, from customers calling us and saying, this is this is where I need help. Excellent. How much what, what time are we at here? What, how much time do you think you got left? Yeah, I, we should probably. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you want to plug some things? Do you have any things that... Uh, we already, where do you want people to go? Obviously, like I'll include links to your website and emails and things of that nature. But if there's one thing that you wanted to share with an audience of people who might be listening to you about yourself, your company, and the future of the industry, yeah, we're here to help. Uh, we're we're here to take the, uh, the pallet industry um, through the 21st century. So using data, uh, helping customers uh, make better decisions to yeah. improve the lives of their of their employees to improve the quality of their products going to their end users um, and ultimately to increase their bottom line. We're, we're here to make the industry better. So yeah. give us a call. Um, let us know your pain points and how we can help you. Excellent. Yeah. Chet, hey, thank yeah. you very much. Kyle. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me out here. I, I really do appreciate it. I, I, it was such a cool experience to be able to walk around and see everything and be able to talk to everybody. And dinner last night was great. I didn't, did you go to dinner last night? Nope. I, okay. I didn't make it to the day. I sat on a good meal. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I, again, I, I'm just very appreciative. So thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, like I said, if you're on YouTube, put them in the comment section. If you want to shoot me an email, if you want to shoot Chet an email, I'm sure people could probably find you on the website and LinkedIn, all, website, LinkedIn. all those yeah. places. Yeah. So I'll be sure to include links to that. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening and take care.